Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Thank you, Father. Father, we just worship you in this place. We just honor you and bless you in this place, Lord. We say all hail King Jesus. You're the Lord of heaven and earth. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are worthy of all praise. We honor you. We bless you. We give you praise. We give you worship. We reverence you, Lord. You're so faithful to us. You're so faithful to us. Oh, we just are so grateful, Lord, that this year is, has begun and, and is being uh, walked out in the victory that you've given us. We're thankful that you're going to reign on this church and reign on these families. That your presence is going to flood our lives, flood our buildings, flood our vehicles, flood every space, Lord, that, that sinners this year will be brought to righteousness. Those who are unrighteous because of King Jesus, because of that cross, because of the, the, the doorway of the dark day into the day of resurrection. We've got victory in you. Lord, we know we're facing battles, but even as Paul said, none of these things move us. Because we, we don't love our lives unto, even unto the death. Our life is not indispensable. It's dispensable to you, Lord. Lord, our greatest act of worship is presenting our whole being to you, our whole lives, every part, letting go of the control of things, the, the fear of the unknown, and giving you every part of our being, stepping out on water. When others want to stay in the boat, we want to walk on the water. <laughs> We're so grateful. Lord, we wouldn't have it any other way. We want your way, your presence, your goodness. Asamahu resete peetsas, andevra yosoa, akayas tobele eta, andeshe titizos dondafi atais, esole de eschai som, and a verde et citro boast. And for those who will step out in faith, oh, the victory and oh, the open space where you felt restricted, where you've wondered where I've been. I've been here all along. Just step out in faith and take my hand. The adventure ahead is greater than you would know. And yes, the fear tries to come and tell you to go back, to go slow. But step forward in confidence. Don't be afraid. Step out in faith. I will turn the situation for your good. I have authority over what I've made. And the enemy will be stayed. And he will be, and he will flee. He will be removed. For the victory that I have won, I have also placed in you. The grace has been supplied. So now what will you do with that grace? 
I say, the Lord says, I say, stand up in the face of the mountain. Stand up in the face of the giant. Stand up in the face of what's going on and declare my promises. For I am, as I've said in my word, faithful to watch over my word and perform it. Even as Abraham counted me faithful, you do the same. I am well able and willing to use my power and to enforce my word for you for your good and on your behalf when you step out in faith the father sees Jesus stepping out in faith because your righteousness was purchased by Christ so don't fear don't fear don't fear don't fear Look to heaven, don't fear. Don't fear. All the things that are, all the things that God is working behind the scenes, you don't even know about. Don't fear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Father, thank you. We give you praise. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the gifts of tongues and interpretation. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us. Thank you for the rain, the rain of your spirit. Lord, we are believers. We declare it with your word. We're believers. We're those who can change natural circumstances. We can change our scenery. We can change things in the natural because we are righteous in Christ and the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman of God makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And so, Lord, even as Elijah did, and he prayed that it would not rain, it stopped. But he also prayed for rain, and we can pray for rain. And we do, and we expect rain. We won't be impatient with these things, Lord. We thank you that you're not impatient with us. We won't get in the flesh and get impatient with you or with others. The earth is producing its fruit. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you may be seated. That's a good start. First John chapter 2. That's where we're going. I got two waters up here and a tea. What's going on? Did you think I needed a lot of water today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. If tongues and interpretation is new to you, you just need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, or you can go to our website where we have teachings on uh, the gifts of the Spirit. Talking about those gifts and what they are for us today. I'm trying to get my announce announcements to come up. I've got to wait for my internet to connect here. Normally I have this on, but I didn't turn it on ahead. Everybody, are you used to are you used to 2023 by the fourth day now? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, 
there is, there is, you have to, as a believer, you have to learn to walk in the spirit. We're trained to walk in the flesh, but you got to learn to walk in the spirit. That means you can be at rest no matter what's going on. Now, I know that's contradictory to our heads, our natural thinking and the way the world operates, because everything they do is a panic and, uh, you know, they scramble and try to grab on to things that uh, are not eternal. But we have to remember this, that, that everything in our, we have the fruit of the Spirit. This is something that uh, the Lord's worked on me with for years. You can be content in any situation, whether the situation's good or bad, you can be content. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit or the life of God within us, it's not, uh, it's not subject to external things. It carries the authority of heaven. I'll put it to you like this. You carry the authority of heaven. Okay? So... Uh, you can be content. You, could, you say, how do I do that? Well, stop worrying about it. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> Brother Hagin used to say to us, my mom was a champion worrier. You know, she won championships in worry. <laughs> he said it was hard for him to beat that, you know, that, that tendency because he was raised in that atmosphere. But you actually inside can just let go. Well, where's the money going to come from? It'll come. Let me ask you something. What if it didn't? What? I mean, the bums in America have cell phones. <laughs> Some of you need a minute to think about that. My, my, my point is, is this, and it isn't just America. My point is this, is God will take care of you. He will. You know? Uh... Don't, don't allow external things to, to push you around. Just stand firm in the Lord. It'll come. It's on the way. It always is. Uh, the, the further you go with the Lord, even with that word, what I was seeing in the spirit, the further you go with the Lord, the faith challenges can get bigger. Think about it. David killed a bear and a lion and then... A mouthy giant. Right? A bear, a lion, and then a giant. He probably was like, whew, I take, I take out bears, I take out lions. But Lord, giants? But then it went further than that. Through all of these tests that he was facing that come to us in this life, he then was anointed, or was eventually in the place of being king. And you know who was after him? The real test is if you can overcome in faith when those that are supposed to be for you are against you. That's the real test. But you know what I found out about the Lord? You can be up in a cave, but he'll give you a psalm of joy. You can be hiding from the ones that want to kill you. Supposedly, they're your brothers and sisters. And God will be with you even when they're not. And you can... This is what... Uh, how many have uh, seen those? Uh, uh, there's a lot of motivational things on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of like 30 second sermons, 
which I'll be honest, I don't like them. I've seen things posted on, on, and I'm thinking, we're doing that differently. I've told Josh, when we start posting stuff message-wise, we're going to have a link that says, for the full message, because people will say stuff, and it's like, how are people going to, you need to be able to prove that. But there are motivational things that Christians have picked up that statements like this, uh, talking about that, you know, people will dog you when you're down, but one day you'll be way above them and they'll, you know, you'll be able to kind of look down on them. That's not victory in the Lord. That means your motivation was, I'm just going to prove you wrong. That's not enough. And that's not the love of God. Wanting someone that hurt you to pay is being judged. You're judging. What if the Lord dealt with us that way? What if he would have looked down and said, I'm going to prove how good I am, but I'm not going to redeem you. So you've got to be careful with these things because sometimes, especially in word of faith, charismatic circles, because people treat the promises of God like, well, I got mine and they, they made fun of me when I was, you know, believing God for the, well, I'm not giving them nothing. The Lord will probably have you bless them. If you, and here's why, because once you're blessed, the Lord knows if that seed sits in you, the devil will use it and destroy you. See, God's love is so, and his way is so amazing. It supersedes human reason. It, 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 it's a turn the other cheek. It's pray for those who hate you and persecute you, despitefully use you. They used me? I got used. They used me. I gave them the best of my years of my life. And they just used me. There's still not healing there. Which means there's no victory. Because you'd be stuck there. Ever notice there's a lot of barking dogs in the world? And if you stop and throw rocks at all of them, you're going to be stuck in one spot throwing rocks for a long time. Just go on. And pray for the people that hate you. I was watching uh, just a, a brief thing from Bill Johnson a while back. And, uh, you know, anytime a ministry or ministers, not just him, but there's a lot of them. But have you ever noticed that ministries, uh, some ministries think it's their call to, to uh, make sure other ministries are destroyed? <laughs> have you ever noticed that? Anyway, so Bill Johnson was talking about this. He talked about how the fact that, uh, I don't remember how often he did it, but he made the statement that he would take a list of the people that had spoken against him that he knew about. And he would take communion and pray over that list. And he would pray for them and their kids and their families and ask God to bless them. That will keep you safe from the enemy. You won't be able to be touched. If you're having hard feelings towards somebody, let me, let, me, let me give you the answer. And you, I'll just say this. You're going to struggle if you don't pray in tongues to do this. Pray in other tongues. But if you're having hard feelings, pick them, get them. Now, don't tell them. 
Leave them alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but get their picture, get what, or, or a picture in your mind, or get their name written down, and you pray to bless them. Now watch, you can't just mouth to God. He knows your heart. Have you ever done this? Have you ever got genuine in your heart? You know, you go to pray, and you're like, this isn't going to work, Lord. <laughs> He's like, I know. Your heart's messed up. Oh, yeah. Lord... I genuinely want this person blessed. Now, when they get blessed, watch yourself. When they succeed, when you thought for sure it was going to fail, watch yourself, prophet. Amen? Amen? I'm glad a lot of people didn't give up on me. And it goes back to what the Lord's said to us for years, but, and is going to continue to emphasize, but God wants us to partner together with him for the salvation of people. We're to partner. Um, and we're to partner with him in prayer and all of those things. I'm not saying I'm perfect at that. I'm doing, I'm speaking to myself. I'm doing this. You know what I mean? The, uh, the longer you walk with the Lord, especially whatever, in whatever arena you're in, the more influence the Lord gives you, the more people are gonna, you're going to have opportunity to be hated. Does that make sense? Spoken against, all of those things. I was praying the other day, and I was just aware of some things that, are, that were uh, coming against either the church or me or whoever because they don't agree with certain things that I say, do, teach, whatever it is. In the spirit, I was just aware of it. And it just it didn't make me feel uh, sorry for myself, but it grieved me because I know that God has better. Not only, not only, uh, not just for us, but for that person. You know, or people, you know, or denomination, whatever it is, you know they could miss out on something significant. Amen? So we got to be careful about that. All right, none of that's in the notes. All right, let's go to 1 John. Chapter 2, verse number 6 is where we were, and I'm just going to read it real quick. He who says he ab abides in him ought also to walk just as he walked in uh, two Wednesdays ago, not last Wednesday, but two Wednesdays ago, we talked about um, how we're supposed to walk and what that means. That word walk means to tread all around. It means to live. The best definition I like means to regulate one's life or to conduct oneself um, in accordance with like a belief system. We talked about positional truth versus, um, versus uh, uh, temporal truth. Positional truth is what you are in the spirit. That won't go, like for, for instance, righteousness is a positional truth. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. A temporal truth is you're going to walk that righteousness out in this life. So Romans chapter 6 is one of the best chapters on this. There are many. Galatians chapter 5 is a good chapter on this. Uh, there's, there's, you'll see this all the way through the epistles. But, the, but what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 6 is actually enslaving our members, which is your body, and it is your mind. But it's yielding your bodies to, as a slave to, righteousness. 
The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 6, that book previous to being saved, you gave your body to unrighteousness. Now that you are saved, no longer do that. Give yourself to righteousness. So instead of, uh, instead of cussing the person that cut you off in traffic, bless the person. Because you're giving your members. You know, people think, well, i got to give my members. Like, what does that mean, you know? Uh, they, they get weird ideas. Of what, it's simple. Any part of your body that you possess that's your body... I know people, you know, one guy said years ago, uh, he couldn't help but murder somebody in a court trial because his brain made him do it. There is a lack of understanding about whose brain it is. I can't control me because, (laughs) well, as a Christian, it's even less, all right? It's even less reasonable to think I can't control a particular part of me. We control our body. Now, I know sometimes people think, no, I got out of control. I couldn't control myself. That's never true. That is absolutely 100% never true. Unless you're demon-possessed. And you've given, but even at that, you gave yourself over to that thing over a period of time. Willingly or unwillingly or, or with knowledge of what you were doing or not, you did it. Does that make sense? Especially for an unbeliever. Now, for a believer, you actually can give yourself over to things, but you're not demon-possessed. You just actually have a familiar spirit that follows you around, and every time it makes a suggestion, you go, "Uh uh-huh, and then you go do that. That can, how many realize that that spiritual world is true around us? So, So walking in the spirit is walking from the Holy Spirit within us, And expressing him out here. So grace was imparted to you. What is that? That's the very nature and character of God was placed into your spirit. You and the Lord are one. Right? So I like what, I've said it before, but what Andrew Womack says, there is a third of you, one third of you is wall to wall Holy Ghost. Now your natural mind, the Bible says, needs to be what? Renewed. Or transformed. You need to change the way you think. And then the Bible says this. That your body is to be enslaved. Now does that sound like a nice term? It doesn't. You know sometimes people say well. uh, Under the new covenant you know we're under grace. There are no rules. Well in a sense. That's a misstatement. There are commandments in the new testament. You know, people say, well, I can do whatever I want because I'm under grace. That is not what is taught in the Bible. Not in the New Testament anywhere can you find, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Jesus doesn't care. What that is, is religion of man wanting to, to live in carnal things. Desire, their desires are wrong. They're following all sorts of wrong desires. And their heart's, not, their heart's not right. If, if as a believer, if you are not, conv- if there isn't something in your heart, the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the nature of God within you, it, if you're not bothered when sin happens, something's wrong. It should bug you. I mean, I'm talking about for you personally. If you do something, it sh- there should be a, uh, uh, uh. No, we don't. And what is that? That's not the Lord going, you stupid little kid. I can't, you know what I mean? It's none of that. 
It's your own spirit is now in tune with his spirit. In other words, it's, it's your true nature going, that's not who you are. You don't, we, uh, we as the children of God don't act like that. That's stepping outside of the nature of who we are in Christ. And that's how sin happens. That's how you yield yourself to something that you shouldn't. So we have these positional truths and temporal truths are given or are what we walk in here in this life and they make a difference in our life. And we looked at several passages of scripture that I'm not going to, that talk about what we should walk in, where to walk by faith, all sorts of things like that. But I want to give you some scriptures tonight on what we shouldn't walk in. There are phrases uh, uh, about not walking in certain things. Romans chapter 8, verse number 4. These are areas we shouldn't walk, okay? In other words, these are things that we should not, as believers, we don't conduct our lives this way. Romans chapter 8, verse number 4, says this, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do what? Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit so if i'm living at now we talked about this before and it, it states this in first john if i'm if i'm as a believer walking in a lie could you say you're walking in the flesh do you see that romans chapter 8 verse number 4 walk you're walking in the flesh not in the spirit now don't let these things be too simple and too boring for you this is the difference between life and death right here it's the difference between having victory over your flesh or not. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if your body, every time your body says, I want ice cream, and you just boom, go to it, you, you know, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, whatever, you know, you're like, you hop up, yeah, we gotta have ice cream, or whatever. There's a, a natural desire, ice cream's not the sin unto death, just so you know, okay? There's a natural desire of some sort, it didn't come out of the spirit, but every time your body says, I want this, or I wanna do this, or I need to say this, and you know it's flesh, and you yield to it, why would your body listen to, it, listen to you when you tell sickness to get out of it? Because if I muscle up the flesh and leave my spirit anemic, come on, don't, don't make this so, oh, yeah, this is the Wednesday night teaching. He's going to teach the verses, and the verses are there, and uh, sometimes I get lost in the verses. That's because you let your mind wander. If you hold your mind where it's supposed to be and, and listen to the words, these teachings were not preserved because God didn't know what to do. The, the, the apostles were not like, we've got to come up with something. We're all dying. So let's just fill a book up with stuff. No. These are the words of life. These words are the words of eternity. And so your very nature on the inside of you, the nature of Christ within you, has gives there's the ability of God there to operate in this natural what do you think the the Hebrews chapter 11 the hall of fame of faith is think about that hall of fame of faith these guys believed God believed or or reached into the unseen and changed the scene by faith 
And that's what you and I are called to. You're called to that. (laughs) People say, can you really say that about speaking to your body? Read James. The Bible says that a person who controls their, can control their whole body. There are times your body says to you, I want mint chocolate chip ice cream with chocolate. I'm just speaking for me. <laughs> That's a, don't buy me it, please. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> don't, we don't, no, no, don't do that. But, or whatever it is for you. Okay, you pick you, you whatever you like. And you just need to say, no, you can't have that. And you know what your body will do? The same thing your three-year-old does when you tell them no. <laughs> Only you won't, you'll mask it better than that. It'll just be a mm, little bad attitude. Other people are going to pay because I can't eat mint chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> But if you control that nature of the flesh and you walk in the spirit and you don't walk in the flesh, your spirit will begin to dominate. And this translates into every area of our lives to where you actually can be in situations that maybe the people don't make you the most comfortable, whatever, your your flesh gets irritated and they don't even know because you're not a flesh anyway. You're a spirit full of the Holy Spirit. You actually can can just control yourself. Jesus was so in tune with the Father that he, that the Spirit of God just flowed through him everywhere he went. And I know we, I'm not, I'm not promoting that you're going to be as, as Jesus, you're going to walk as Jesus walked, but that is the standard What I'm saying is, is he's the savior, we are not. But he is the standard. Actually, the Lord wants us to be so in tune with him. How many love the story of the woman with the issue of blood? I love that story. And I love that testimony of what happened. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Whenever I'm in a faith battle, I'll go back and read that and about Jairus. Why? So many good faith, uh, such good faith meat right there that you can latch onto and use. But here's a whole crowd pressing on Jesus, pushing into him. Now, now we think, we have this, uh, in, our, in our mind, we think, okay, there was a lot of people. The implication, if you look at the original uh, language, is that they were so around him, they were almost suffocating him, pressing on him. People are. I mean, have you ever walked out of the metra? And a big event has gone on, and you're walking out, and you're doing this. It was like that. That's the implication. And a woman who's down low, and she's ninjing this. What do you, what do you mean ninja? She's unclean. She, they can stone her to death for being there and bleeding as a female. And in the midst of that, she pushes through the crowd, touches Jesus, and steals a healing. 
No, oh, son of David. No big show. No fall down before him. And Jesus stops and says, power went out of me. And his disciples are so out of the spirit. They're like, what you talking about, Jesus? There are people everywhere who touched me. You know? Andrew's like, is it, am I sure John the Baptist said he was the one? He reaches, she reaches through, takes, and Jesus is so aware of the spirit. He's not aware of the crowd. The crowd didn't distract him from being so in tune with the Father God that the moment the anointing moved, boom, he's on it. That tells me Jesus walked around going, he was so in tune with the spirit that Nicodemus come up to him and ask him, you know, try to talk to him about something. And Jesus didn't even answer any of his questions or anything. He just says, you got to be born again. Nicodemus is going, what? I didn't ask anything about, you know, I mean, he's confused instantly. How am I going to get back into my mom's womb? I mean, he's definitely not in the spirit. He's that in tune with the Father. That's what we're supposed to be. As disciples, it's not a weird thing. Don't make it a mystical thing. There's mysticism in the church. You know that, right? People talking, talking weird stuff. Doctrines of devils. This is about we're a spirit, God's a spirit, we're in tune. We're aware of him. We know him. And we do that by walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That was a good solid truth right there. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 3. He says this, for you are still carnal. What does that mean? Go back to Romans 8 and think about verse 4. He said, don't walk in the what? Flesh. What is carnal? Flesh. For where there are what? Envy, strife, and divisions among you. Uh, I think Mike actually referenced this in his teachings last month. You are not, uh, are you not carnal and behaving like what? You are not, you and I are not to live like mere men. We are superhuman. All right, put your hand right here. I mean, on you. I really got to learn to say that right. (laughs) Say this with me. Say, I am am. superhuman. Superhuman. We actually are supernatural. We are a spirit. We possess a soul, and we live in a body. The, The part of you that was born again was your spirit man, but that's you. You're the spirit man. Uh, Paul made statements like this. 
Or Peter made statements like this. It's my, uh, no, Paul said this. He said, my day of departure is at hand. He didn't say, I'm going to die. You know why? He can't. And neither can you if you're born again. It's impossible. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Think, think, think. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. It is impossible for you to die. The scripture says that you've already passed from death. It's just you still see, or I do, or as, as, as a mere man thinketh, we thinketh like this. We look in the mirror and go, one day I'm going to die. I got a wrinkle here now that I didn't have before. And a wrinkle over here. Some wrinkles on here. And we look at ourselves externally age and fail to realize that you haven't aged a bit on the inside. To where Paul made statements like, though the outward man, the inward man is day by day. I'm actually muy guapo (laughs) in the spirit. (laughs) For those of you who weren't here Sunday, Mike was teasing me. Or telling truth. I look so good in the spirit. Now the flesh, man. You know, we, we, t- we put too much stock in this. It's going to dust. And I'm just like you. I don't think about death and go, oh. you know what I mean? I'm talking about my natural, my body. My body goes, mm. put cream on it, tuck it, lift it. <laughs> Stuff it in a pot, make it look like it isn't getting old. We all know it's getting old. Do you ever, oh, I, I shouldn't go there. I want to though. Um, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter four. Help me Lord. I have so many good notes that I'm not to yet, but I don't care. All right. Have you ever watched those Hollywood people as they get older? Oh, my. And then there's all these new treatment things people do. I'm like, what are you thinking? Ever seen some ladies who get their lips like... <laughs> they look like somebody, you know, like the balloon lady that we have for uh, Harvest Carnival. Like somebody took balloons, and, you know. And they're like, you know... Showing, I'm I'm thinking, you can't think that looks good. (laughs) But, I don't know. (laughs) But some of these Hollywood, like, they get a facelift, but the rest of their body is wrinkly. (laughs) Now you just look like a walking contradiction. (laughs) I mean... 
I know we got to take care of the temple. But I will never dye my hair, unless my wife tells me to. And I will... <laughs> I will never get any sort of lift on anything. No, that one's, that one's not up for, for bargaining. <laughs> I, I just would I'd be like, why? <laughs> now, if you have, God bless you. You can do what you want. <laughs> this is just my opinion. There's no scripture for this, so whatever. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's going to die. The body is going to... Peter said this, he said, the Lord has revealed to me that I will be putting off my body. He didn't say die. We put off our body. We actually just leave it and go, and there's an angel there, or, and we go right to the presence of God. You know? That's exciting. That's exciting. And we have ability over this flesh while we're here because of the Holy Spirit within us. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2 says this. Oh, did I say 4 or did I say 2? I mean, did I say chapter 2 or chapter 4? I did. Okay, good. I was in the wrong spot. Verse number 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So what are we not supposed to walk in? Craftiness. The word craftiness is deceit. Deceit has to do with trickery. You're not supposed to trick people. Right? What is a trick? A trick is presenting something to someone, leading them to think one thing, and then not making good on that thing. It's a lie, right? Or producing a different result at the end when the person knew they were going to do it all along. So somebody produces, they, they say, this is what I'm, they present something, this is what I'm gonna do for you. But then through the whole process, they know at the end, they're not gonna do that. What is that? Why do you have to write that to Christians? Now, there's, two, there's, there's some good thought here and some bad thought. For one, should Christians do that? Should they lie? Should they trick or deceive people? No. Now, you're going to ruin natural relationships if you live like that as a believer. People aren't going to trust you. And I've, uh, carnal Christians will do this. Well, I ask for forgiveness. Well, you still have to prove yourself. Well, God forgave me, and we do too, but we still need to be able to trust you. Come on, am I the only one that's ever experienced that or even done that to someone? You know, I've done stuff like that before, and guess what? It took time for me to earn trust back. And that's not wrong. That's a biblical principle, approving. The scripture says this, and Paul talks about it many times, but we're actually supposed to prove relationships. We're supposed, now we're supposed to be forgiving, loving, yes. We under, okay, mistakes are made. People get in the flesh. They do things they shouldn't do. Totally understand that. But you still have to prove out faithfulness in this life. You know, if you steal money from me multiple times, I'm gonna be hesitant 
to invest with you again. And it's not because I'm not a mature Christian. Hello. It's because there hasn't been what built up? Trust. You have to have trust built up. Now, where I would get in trouble is if I have that experience in my life with somebody, but now I apply that to everybody else who's never done that to me. That's not fair, right? That's not, that's not, we we have to be open in that sense, but we don't have to be gullible, okay? Some people swallow the hook, the fishing pole, the fisherman, and the boat. Should have gave up after the hook, (laughs) right? Okay, so don't walk in deceit. But then also, here's the good side of this. This doesn't mean they're not saved. Because he's writing to Christians. But what does it mean? If, if I walk in lies, and we'll get to this eventually in this chapter. If I walk in lies, what do I open the door to? My enemy. Who? Satan. What is his MO? Stealing. And sometimes we pray and declare promises when we should actually be repenting and changing how we do things. Because we've left the door open. If I leave the door open to my house and go, oh God, shut the door. Keep the devil out. And God says, get up off your knees and go shut the door. Then I need to do what? I need to get up and go I don't need to pray about it. I just need to close it. Now, how do I close a door to the enemy? Tell the truth in this particular verse. I mean, there are others that would address other things. I need to be truthful. Right? If if I've done something that I shouldn't, I know it. Let's say I did something to Mike that I shouldn't, and I know it. It's not... I need to go to Mike and make it right. And then, if he allows it, we can begin to mend that relationship. But through that process, if I keep deceiving him, what's not going to happen? You're not going to have a relationship. Am I still saved? Yeah. Now, I'm a ding-dong. You know what I mean? I'm a baby. I'm a, Brother Hagin used to say, bless their darling hearts and stupid heads. <laughs> Andrew Womack says, how dumb can you get and still breathe? <laughs> Apparently, the threshold is amazingly high. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by what's going on in society. But you understand what I'm saying. I, there has to be a change. I don't need to just pray that Mike will accept me. I need to change how I do, how I be. And have you noticed that when you are repentant and you're humble, people are more apt to work with you even if you do make? People that don't own what they do end up alone or they end up having very superficial relationships. Right? Now, if you're hearing this, and I'm going to have to end on this high note, but (laughs) if you're hearing this and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, that person should do that, you're missing what I'm saying. 
Because until this truth applies to me first, it can't even properly apply to another situation or another person. It can't. I can't. My heart's not even right. Amen? It's a good word, isn't it? But see what happens when we walk in the light. We see where we're going. Well, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. Well, the con- you, there, have you ever noticed this? Am I, growing up, and even with my kids, but growing up, my parents would say to me, and I'd say to my kids, now if you do that, there'll be consequences. And usually I had a negative connotation in my mind because usually I was about to do something stupid and I was going to get whooped when I, when I was a kid. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where my kids were. I used to tell my kids, because I was a professional parent. <laughs> I still am. I'm, I'm very professional. <laughs> I'm getting better all the time. I'm just getting better at being nicer. I should say kinder about how I do things. But I haven't changed my standard. Standards don't change. How I deliver the standard needed to change many times. <sighs> Where was I going with this? <laughs> I need to get back to where I was. <laughs> so, rewind me. Where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can control you, or I can control you. Have you ever watched a parent with a four-year-old, four-year-old throwing a fit, and the parent's like reasoning with them? Are you kidding me? Or even younger. You know, I, I probably could have got arrested in Walmart before if I would have done what was in my head to somebody else's kid. <laughs> and the reason why isn't because, listen, look at me and listen to me. It's not because I'm mean. It's because I know if I let my three-year-old live like that, they're going to be 40 and doing the same thing to the cops. And then they'll be in court going, they tased me and they shouldn't have tased me. Have you ever watched the tasing things? Now, I'm not saying all cops are, are perfect. I get that. But a lot of times, hello, they're criminals. <laughs> Don't let the news dupe you. They're criminals. No, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to. And they fight, 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 and fight. When if they would have cooperated, they probably would have got out of it. Some of them probably even would have won court cases. But they don't. Why? Because mom and dad didn't spank them when they were two. Another high note that we're going to be able to end on. But reality is, guys, what? This is the reality of this. That truth is not given to hurt people's feelings. It's to present light. What does God say? God says in his word, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Why? It has a promise attached to it. What is the promise? Long life. You know there's another promise in the word? Parents, train up your children in the way. Why? You realize that that training is a military word? 
It's the principle of boot camp. Uh, years ago when I was a youth pastor, and I didn't get near through the scriptures, so Josh, if you just want to forward all those to the next week, actually two weeks from now, I'm <laughs> teasing Josh. <laughs> There's so many good truths in here. I could, it's just, but I had a, a we had a, in our youth group uh, a family of four sisters. Uh, their last name is Colonel. Well, one of them's married now. But, and these girls were our, I mean, I don't know what they are now. I would imagine it's not much has changed. But they're all out of college, I think, now, and all of that. But they were the best-behaved kids. I mean, some of them. We had a lot of good kids. But their dad, I don't think he was former Marine. And so he actually, and, and he actually would make, the, if they got out of line, they had to do push-ups. And these, I'll just tell you this. Okay, how many have climbed the rope in gym class? What's the main test of your upper body strength when climbing the rope in gym class? If you can do it from a seated position. And then you could pull yourself up. The oldest girl, good. I mean, that's strong. That's real. I can't. I couldn't do that, I don't think. And she could. But what was he doing? He was training them. If you do this action, there'll be correction. If you do this action, there'll be reward. So in other words, what was he teaching them? By, teaching, by having them do push-ups or whatever they did, he's telling them, see, you can control you. Kids do not want to be able to do whatever they want. They want discipline and structure. They want it. They want order in a house. There's safety in knowing dad's going to be home at this time. There's safety in knowing this is bedtime. There's safety in knowing I better get good grades or else. Now listen, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about everything even. You understand what I mean by that? Like my kids sometimes would, would come to me, especially when they were in grade school, and they'd say, uh, you know, I just can't. <laughs> and, I, and I would look at them, bless their darling hearts, and I'd just say, look, we've taken you to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with you. They've told us. So it's not you can't. It's you're choosing not to. Well, this is really hard. Well, believe God. We would tell him this. Believe God, ask him for wisdom, and work at it. Come on, in the areas of your life, have you had to work at having success in an area? Why? It's an act of faith. Belief carries action. And faith carries action on something unseen, contrary to what is seen. 
Faith doesn't look at a mountain and go, oh, go the other way. It says, it's, it looks at the mountain and says, God said go this way. So you have to go to the sea. Now think about that. What, do you, what did you do in that act of faith? You changed the scenery. You changed your geography. And what does the sea do to a mountain? It can swallow it. The sea's not intimidated by the mountain. Amen? Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth that you've given to us. Lord, we are doers of your word and not hearers only. Father, we're so grateful that our righteousness is not based on works, but based on faith in Christ Jesus and what he's standing constantly making intercession for us. We're so grateful for that, Lord. But we do desire to be your disciples and to walk in truth. So thank you that you're helping us. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to enslave our whole being to righteousness in your truth. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.